Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Oh, don't say we've started. You Have you done the thing again where you started recording and then took a sip of your drink? Yeah. You literally, you press record. You know I don't like editing out anything out at the beginning because yeah. it's extra work for uh-huh. me. And you decided to hit record and immediately not say anything. Uh, Jamie, I need my fuck up the hoose juice, okay? Well, I'm yeah, not going to okay. sit here. You do, Al. And no. why, why do you need it? Tell our d- adoring audience members why you might need it. your, your iced coffee this uh, morning. Because I have a problem. No, um, no, no, that's, that's, not what I'm, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm addicted. That's not what I'm I referring to. I once killed a moose. All true, but that's not what I'm referring to. You're just going to walk with the fact that you just buffed me. Yeah, yeah, no, we are just, yes, just going to walk straight past. Because actually, the, um, the burp very seamlessly <laughs> moved into the word all quite yeah. well. Um, well, well, that's because I'm uh, also drinking uh, a Coca-Cola this morning because I also need some energy. Oh, is it the morning? Yes, yeah, it might be the morning mile. It might be 8 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, about 8, 8, 12, because, you know, we've taken a few minutes to set up, but I did have to get here for 8 o'clock in the fucking morning, Al. I hate you. Once again, there wasn't a lot of options. Like, you have a, you're working from uh, 11. I'm working from 3 p.m., thank you very much. I had, plen- I had plenty I of I have time. a thing from 11. Um, there were other days. Why did we say you could have said? I you, thought you had. I thought someone was coming to. Like, we do need to edit this out. I, like, no, the, we don't. We do. No, no, I, no, no I, I, want, I want to edit this out. Uh, it was discussed whether or not we needed to edit this out. We decided no, we don't need to edit this out. It's early in the morning. We're making some rogue decisions here, people. We're through the looking glass. For our audience, basically all that was Al said, we need to edit this out, paused, and then kind of just started muttering to himself for about a minute. Sure, And then went, sure. oh, let's go again. Uh, what, what are we, Jamie? What do we do here? Uh, uh, we are Hanks Fank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. Yeah. I'm Jamie Loxon, and with me, as always, is a mildly going through crisis Al. Say hello, Al. We're the early boys. <laughs> It's going to create a strange dynamic. Mm. I'm not used to being awake this early. I was, I was, I've been quite busy this week. I didn't sleep very well, yep. but you know, yep. here we are. I'm not used to being asleep this awake, so here <laughs> we are. Um, I have been busy. This, I uh, was uh, working yesterday. It's been a while since I've been working in the fish and chip van. I don't know if I've uh, said it on the podcast before, but I occasionally work at fish and chi- uh, fish and chip van, uh, like music events and stuff. Yep. Um, and it, it's a particularly boring job. However, one uh, relatively interesting thing did happen uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's boosted my confidence as uh, we were serving people throughout the day and then um, there was a girl who came through us uh, for her food and I, she was wearing quite a nice outfit so I said yeah. hey nice outfit and she said hey thanks and for some reason she continued to talk thinking that I wasn't just being polite as I'm in a service industry um, and so she chatted uh, for a while and she's like how are you guys doing I was just like you know I'm a bit hot and you know it's a very warm day in yeah. London yeah. and she said oh what's well, anything I can do and I very jokingly said I mean, I'd, I'd kill a pint, to be honest. And she immediately turns around and goes, I will be back in a minute. And I'm like, what? And firstly, the, the line for the bar is so long. I'm like, I'm not going to see this one for like three hours. It's fine, whatever. Um, and she comes back like four minutes later with not one beer, but two beers for me and one of my colleagues. I did have two other colleagues. I don't know why she she clearly thought two bits was enough. Yeah, but yeah, um, it was it was a very kind moment. I was struggling, sure. yeah. you know. And she brought me a nice cold beverage to to ease me through the day. So it made me very happy, and also made me realise got a pretty fucking face. Al. So so my face is pretty fucking pretty. Again, it might be that it's eight in the morning, uh, and I'm having some uh, iced coffee with uh, oat milk. Um, to maybe that's fucking up my brain, Jamie. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, legally, you two are now married, right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, no, no, no. <laughs> In fact, yeah. she came back later, much drunker, <laughs> and forced me to follow her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would not leave. She was like, "What's your Instagram? What's your Instagram?" I was like, 
eventually relented and told her that she couldn't find it because she had no signal on her phone. She was like, give me your phone. Follow me on Instagram. Now, I will say it is now um, about 12 hours later than that. Uh, her Instagram was private, so it was a request. That request has yet to be accepted. <laughs> I think she may have woken up in the morning with a few regrets. I'm not sure she's woken up from stop just yet. Let's see. Um, so uh, that was that was the fun I had. How's your week been, Al? Uh, capitalism is a system in which you exchange uh, your hard work and your soul for uh, slightly less than your market value to work for a company. Um, so what you're saying uh, is, uh, to quote The Simpsons, uh, money can be exchanged for goods and services. Yes, yes. That would have been a funnier joke to me, Jamie. <laughs> You're right. Uh, as it turns out, the writer of The Simpsons far more funny than I am at eight in the morning. Um, all I know, Jamie, is I'm I'm filled up with a with a what's the opposite of a joie de vivre? Um, a, a deep <laughs> existential <laughs> angst. Well, actually, be a joie de mourir. Yeah, joie de mourir. <laughs> That's what I said, joy to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm filled with a joie de mourir. Um, That's a great I, yeah, phrase. I it's a a fantastic joke I've just <laughs> made, and another opportunity for me to flex that I speak three languages. <laughs> as I like to fish and chip go yesterday. No, I didn't. I didn't, unfortunately. Didn't come up. Sure, um, sure. Um, I'm filled with a, a rage okay. uh, which uh, of this movie, uh, which maybe came about with the fact that I, 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 I came back from work yesterday and uh, I had to watch it from 10 to 12 and um, was like, dear God, why? Okay, like, given that, uh, well, let's. we're talking about The Burbs this week the from Burbs. 1989. Um, for any new listeners uh, that may have come in, uh, the short part of this show, as I yeah. said earlier, is we run our review, Tom Hanks' entire MDB. Yeah. However, you might be wondering, what is the Hanks Bank? Yeah. Well, dear listeners, the Hanks Bank is a physical thing yeah of course in which we store things now what are we storing we are storing Hanks Bank films and TV shows why are we storing there well that's because aliens have invaded oh! aliens have invaded the earth and decided that we must prove our worth to them to join the yeah, United yeah, States uh-huh, of space uh-huh. now for some reason have we ever decided whether the earth chose us or did the aliens no, choose aliens. us the aliens chose Jamie, us no one would let us <laughs> well no it could have been like a random lottery <laughs> And it That's happened. True. To, and how amazing That's would it have been that two numbers were pulled out and they knew each of, other? Oh, great. <laughs> um, but no, the aliens chose us um, to prove to them our worth. Yes. We decided to do that by showing them the greatest works of yes. our greatest human. We decided our greatest human is Tom Hanks, but we can't show him all of uh, his works because uh-huh. it's too many, as we are learning about 18 episodes in. Way too many, uh-huh. and not all of them are good. So we have to whittle down his works to create the Hanks Bank, uh-huh. the collection of oeuvre of Tom Hanks. Oh, did you like that sexy use of mm. oeuvre? It's the first time I've ever used it in this description. I will probably continue to oh, use yeah. it after this. Um of Tom Hanks' oeuvre uh, that we're going to show to the aliens to prove our worth to them to join the United States yeah. of Space. So that's what we're doing here. Sure. Now, uh, yes? Uh, my short version is it's an unexpected bad movies podcast where we didn't think it was going to be a bad movies podcast. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and every week we do historical context uh, for the time in which the the project is released and then we sure, do a bit of show sure. film context. Yeah, 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 it's my term, yeah, yeah, historical yeah, context, yeah, this week. Seen, However, before seen, we do that, uh, I do have an apology letter. Okay. Oh, I is know. it for earlier when there was the awkwardness and the pausing? Because I'll apologise for no, that next week. No, 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 um, no. I pray silence. Okay. Uh, dear Alexander, That's me. it is with a heavy heart that I must announce that for the first time in the show's history, there is no historical context this week. I will pause and wait for the muttering and murmuring and shocked gasps to subside. As a, as Even I have some form of context. I have been very busy this week. Oh my God, why do you think I paused this and we're doing it at eight in the morning? We're I'll get to that. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> I was forced to watch the film uh, at 8am yesterday uh, before I went off to view a flat as I am flat hunting at the moment, which, as I'm sure we're all aware, is a very busy and stressful experience. I then went off to do the aforementioned uh, fish and chip van job, from which I did not return until gone midnight. And as we had to be up at eight o'clock in the morning, I thought it better to be well rested, to be energetic and enthused for our adoring audience members. Now, some people may say... That I had a 45-minute journey home last night, during which I probably could have cobbled something together on my phone. However, 
I was chatting to a girl I've been flirting with and it's been going very, very well. And considering my very well documented loneliness on this podcast, <laughs> I challenge anyone to deny me that pleasure. <laughs> Other people may say that instead of writing this apology letter, I could have come up with some historical context. But to those people, I say, you fell into my trap, you fucking idiot. What? Because... What? This is another show first. This is the first ever improvised apology letter. There's nothing on my phone now. I was just pretending to read from my phone in order to confuse you. Additionally, I was speaking in a manner as if I was reading an apology letter because I'm a very good actor. Yeah. And this was all coming off the top of my head. Well done. Uh, but, yeah, okay. however, I do sincerely apologise as I have completely fucked it this week. And I will accept... Any sure. challenge or forfeit you deem necessary sure. <laughs> to make up for my terrible slight. Yours sincerely, Mr. James Peter Loxton. I, I will be coming back to this uh, next week with a proper punishment uh, or challenge. No, that's uh, absolutely fine. I wouldn't expect your improvisational skills no, 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 to be no, no, as good no, no, as mine. I mean, yeah, obviously not in the morning. Um, I, I like I like some things in there. I know it was improvised. Uh, let's go back through them. I like that you went, I was really busy this week. Uh, why are we recording at 8 in the morning? Because we were both really busy this week. The, the, the suggestion is that it is 100% on me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but actually it is about, give or take, 50-50, by mm-hmm. the side. Um, uh, you know... Any, any other note? I haven't done this because I was busy. It's the uh, sh- shittest... When, whenever I've suggested... Maybe I can't do it this week. I've gotten a lot of kickback on that. <laughs> It's not you have, one, you have, um, there's one person in this team, ladies and gentlemen, who really likes these sections, and there's one person who thinks they're fine, and I think we know who's who, but also who's the one who's actually done it this pretty week. <laughs> However, I would say, given someone who doesn't enjoy them as much, I reckon you reckon that uh, that apology letter there way more entertaining than any uh, I mean, historical no, context I could have possibly I come agree. up with. From now, I would just get rid of historical context and place it in the apology letters. No! I think that'd be better. I like them more. Oh, I love historical uh, context. So do you even know what year this came out in? <laughs> Can you tell me? 1989. Sure. What month? Um, I believe it's in the first half of the year. I think it's around July. That's not in the first half of the no, year. No. Is it? This month is July. So yes, you know, that's that's good. Yeah, maybe that's what I was, I was just thinking about. Seventeenth oh, of February. Um, <laughs> so so great. I was, uh, sorry, I was probably naming the uh, the UK release date, oh, which as we know is a few months later. Uh, I mean, we can check this up. One uh, second. <laughs> no. Uh, while you're looking that up, uh, for context for listeners, while before we See, do, it's some... just never released in the UK. It's not on it. <laughs> um, uh, the Burbs is a uh, comedy thriller horror yeah. thing about uh, Tom Hanks and the various neighbours in a suburb uh, sure. looking at a creepy house that one of their neighbours has and trying to figure out what's yeah. going on in that so, house. So, Jamie, um, brief plot summary. One, one quick thing before we jump into the show context: uh, that title, The Burbs, that apostrophe Burbs. Yeah. Uh, what is a burb? It is a suburb. As no in a suburban community. Way. A suburban community. Right. Sub meaning like sure, towards sure. the outsides of urban meaning uh, like a city and community meaning uh, a commune of people. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a group gonna, of people coming uh, together. Um, would you like any more bad etymology no, 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 from Jamie? No, no, no. We're going to keep this kind of loose, okay? okay? Because you kept it incredibly loose, <laughs> by which I mean non-existent. You know how they, when they say if you love something, set it free? That's what you did. You set free the historical context and it never came back to you. Um, so yeah, look, th- this film was kind of developed by uh, a screenwriter called Dana, um, who's so named Karen. But no, no, his first name was Dana. He was talking about how. <laughs> Are you sure co- it's not Dana? D A N A. That could be Dana. That'd be Dana, as in Dana Carvey. Or Dana Carvey. <laughs> yes. Dana. Yeah. However, I'm pronouncing. Hey, Dana, please write in and tell us. <laughs> um, in the, for some friends' thoughts. Um, mm. No, no, we do have sure. a friend's thought I did forget. Let's, yeah, 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 no problem. Um, so basically, the kind of idea came from uh, you know, a, a series of collections about uh, his time growing up as a child in his suburb, but also that way in which seemingly everyone has always got that house, the one house on the street that is the creepy house, the, the, the slightly murder house, with a bit of a kind of Charlie Manson inflection thing going on in the background too. Um, you know, Ted Bundy, kind of serial killer. Aspects kind of broiling in the background. You mean when Zac Efron was running around the country killing people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, we would, oh, we all remember that. Yeah. Right? We were like, why are we letting Zac Efron do this? And we're like, oh, he's so handsome. I mean, if he wants to murder people and brutalise women, why not? I mean, 
Arguably, that's basically the message of the film. Oh, but he's so handsome. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. He's so Let's idealise serial killers. Uh, a brief aside, did you hear any of the interviews for that film? No. Because it was just like Efron seemingly having a mind, a breakdown. Oh, okay. Where he was like, look, this film analyses white privilege and male privilege, guys. It's not, it's really not that bad. We promise it's a good movie. And everyone was like, not asking any questions about that, really. So <laughs> anytime anyone vaguely touched it, he became incredibly defensive. Um... Somewhere between shooting the film and the film being released, so clearly someone sat him down already. You might want to uh, brush up on these topics. But anyway, uh, so it's directed by Joe Dante, who also directed things like uh, Gremlins, Gremlins 2. Um, I think Gremlins 2 is Electric Boogaloo. I think that's where that's from. I think sure. it is. Yeah. Um, because I think one of the Gremlins gets electrified and then yeah. they start having powers. Yes. Came out on the 17th of February 1989. Um, was made for, I believe, about $18 million, uh, made about $40 million worldwide, so obviously not a massive flop, which is great, which the, at this point there have been quite a few massive flops in the yeah, no, Tom Hanks over. Yeah, um, that's it really for the that side of the production stuff. There was obviously a, um, not obviously, there was a writer strike going on at the point. So the screenwriter, I believe, shows up for a scene, but because the strike was going on, he couldn't do it on sets, uh, kind of script edits and script changes, which do happen when films are getting made. Um, because the way that uh, the unions work in Hollywood, you, I believe, need to have one, you normally need to have one of the writers on set if you're changing the script, and yeah. the changes need to be kind of made by that, um, which is interesting then for when you come to something like improvisation, and how that plays into getting credited for the uh, the script of the film, even if it's in the final product, because I think I believe improvisations are valued a lot less in how the kind of point system works for uh, getting credited in scripts. Yeah. Um, so even if you actually improvised 30, 40, 50% of the dialogue, uh, which you think would get you, you know, should uh, should get your name on a credit on the script, actually that doesn't count, right? So yeah. it's, it's a lot more kind of characters, it's a lot more the world in which you're being built, all that kind of yeah. stuff is a lot more likely to get your name on in the credits at the end in the script. Um, if you're interested in this, there's a interview with uh, Taika Waititi on, with the BFI, I think, uh, where he talks about that in context of uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, because I believe, obviously, he, he writes his own scripts, and yeah. it's very funny, but also does use improvisations. Yeah. And it's one of those um, interesting kind of uh, changes. The set's actually one of the main interesting things, right? So, um, because the screenwriter wasn't able to do any changes, they did improv a lot. Yep. That's all great. It's the film is set in this kind of one street suburb. They yep. never leave the street at all. Nope. The street actually um, is used in many other things. So it's shot on the back of the Universal lot, um, and that street, I believe, in some form or another, has been around at the very least for like thirty years. Afterwards, it's the same street that's in um, Desperate Housewives. Uh, you will never believe this. It also, I believe, their house or one of the houses on the street is actually the house that the Virgin Connie Swale uh, <laughs> lives in. Yeah, in, no, that, that, that uh, tracks. That tracks. Dragnet. I believe one of the houses is like the Munsters house. Um, so all this, you know, it, it, kind of weird, interesting stuff going in the background in terms of that. They they some, uh, built some prefabs. Um, this was the time. So Corey Feldman's in this film. He plays the annoying kind of street kid. Yeah. Uh, just chuckling away in the background. For, also no, no from Gremlins. So probably how uh, he ended sure. up getting in the film. That makes sense. Um, now Corey Feldman, uh, you may or may not remember, was friends with Michael Jackson at the time. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's kind of yeah. talked about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's kind of kind of been a big uh, thing about Corey Feldman. Yeah, last he's years. maybe defended Michael Jackson one too many times. Yeah. Um, but was a big fan of him. Um, now, Michael Jackson didn't come to the set for this movie. Okay, good. But Bubbles the Monkey did. <laughs> <laughs> to the extent Amazing. that... You might have vaguely heard the story. Corey Feldman would bring Bubbles the Monkey onto the set, would keep him in his trailer, and came back one time and Bubbles the Monkey and shit everyone, thrown his shit everywhere, because he's a monkey. Because why would you leave a monkey unattended? Oh Don't leave God. a monkey unattended. Uh, so Bubbles the Monkey got banned from set, which is great. Um, the dog that plays Queenie, the wee annoying uh, toy poodle, yep. uh, is actually a big star from another movie. So quick, quick, fun pop quiz question. What other movie do you think it's uh, Queenie the Poodle's from? Uh, 101 Dalmatians. Bro. <laughs> See, any other, Bro. any other dog a, film I can right. think of? A film with 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe don't one don't of you know, it was famously called The original title was 101 Dalmatians and One Poodle. <laughs> <laughs> The bastard of the family. Yeah. Um, oh, so is that 
Isn't that animated? Yes, there is. There, 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 there is there a live action. action. There is a live and they are doing action. a reboot starring, of course, our favourite Emma Stone as Cruella Deville oh, in a piece of inspired casting. Oh, God. I really want to see that more than any other live action Disney film. I just <laughs> want to see Emma Stone play Cruella Deville. Okay. It'll be great. Um, it's like an origin story oh, for Cruella Deville. It's confusing. Uh, as she works her way up as a businesswoman to the point where she's like, give me the flesh of 101 <laughs> Dalmatians. Um... No, uh, so Queenie the uh, Toy Poodle uh, also plays Precious in Silence of the Lambs. Um, okay, yeah. Have you seen Silence of the Lambs? I haven't, but I'm aware of I'm aware of the, yeah, the dog's yeah, yeah, existence in that sure, film. Sure, sure. Um, which which is disturbing. Once yeah. I saw that, I could I'm going to see that. It's weird how this dog kind of hangs around mainly in horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, slightly weird. Uh, critics at the time, uh, someone once described this as uh, if a film was any more empty, there would be a vacuum. Um, some people like it. There was a an interview, not an interview, a piece in the Guardian from a few years ago celebrating the twentieth the twentieth anniversary of the film, where the person clearly felt that it was a very good satire of suburban life in the face. You know, you know where these films recently coming out, where there are a lot of suburb films, some like Booksmart, a lot of it set in the suburbs. Films like Edge of Seventeen, blah blah blah, but they don't actually really analyse the idea of the suburbs. Yeah. And, and this person felt that the burbs did. I might disagree. We'll find out later. Um, but yeah, let's let's go into the chatting about this movie. Uh, uh, but, two, oh, two things before quick, we do sure. that. Firstly, to round out this cast, because it is actually quite a good cast, oh. you have uh, Bruce Stern is in it, sure. uh, who people may know from Nebraska is probably his most famous role in uh, in later years. He was also sure. in The Hateful Eight. I believe he's in uh, Sergeant Jung- Troopers. Um, yep. He's the father of Laura Dern, uh, who just kills it every week yep. in Big Little Lies. Yep. And uh, Rick Ducommon, who's uh, a very well-known comedic actor, appears yep. in Spaceballs, Groundhog Day, scary movie things like that uh, so it's actually oh. a, it's actually a pretty decent cast also lest we forget her Carrie Fisher oh, and being Ca- yeah. wasted yes wasted Carrie Fisher. In this I, forgot, I forgot because I felt like oh yeah of course Carrie Fisher I felt like we've already mentioned that yeah no Carrie Fisher is in this oh, it's Carrie Fisher and I, it's not particularly relevant to any analysis of the film so I've shown in here it's Carrie Fisher at an age where we haven't really seen her because we're very like most people's association with Carrie Fisher How is we- very young Carrie Fisher in the Star Wars yeah yeah very old Carrie Fisher, but she's about 30, no, it's, 32, it's, 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 Carrie, Carrie Fisher, like, for a while, especially rather so, so has come out, Carrie Fisher is in the back of a lot of films. She's not necessarily the main character of yeah. them, but so uh, Carrie Fisher, a really interesting person. Um, one of the famous stories of her, she works as a screen doctor for a lot of stuff. Mm. So I believe like films like Beverly Hills Cop and stuff ended up, she kind of uh, fixed a lot of problems on that script, I believe. Um... She's in this. She's also in uh, Sleepless in Seattle. No, she's in When Harry Met Sally. I, I'm getting too confused. Yeah. But um, she does similar star roles in a lot of these things, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it, it would be harsh to say she shows up to take the paycheck, but um, uh, dear God, Carrie Fisher, you deserve more than this film. Um, um, now, uh, Alyssa is in the background, and I know it is early in the morning, Alyssa, and I don't mean to attack you, but we do have a Friends Fort, and it is relevant to you. Uh, so welcome to Friends Fort! Friends Fort. Uh, and it's from last uh, week's episode when we were discussing... Uh, a particular parody um, that Tom Hanks was doing of of a, of a dancer in Singing in the Rain, and I was sitting here there was, with Alyssa in the room, who yeah. is a world is a champion, world dance. champion dancer, and I was sitting here going, "Who's that dancer? Gene, 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 Gene," and came back Fred Astaire. No, it wasn't. It was Gene Kelly. It was fucking Gene Kelly, and I've had that pointed out to me, and I will take no responsibility because I sat here saying Gene over and over, and. What came back was Fred Astaire. Do you have anything to say, Alyssa? Yes. If it helps, after you guys finished, I did realise it was you, you did. You did realise. You did realise. Uh, but it doesn't help because that was not recorded. <laughs> if it doesn't uh, happen on the pod, it didn't happen. I love you. Right. I was right. too angry about the Love Island. Delivery. Yes, no, that's that's very, very fair. I do apologise. All right. All right. right. Thank have you. a good morning. <laughs> Sorry for waking you up. <laughs> right. Um, so let's get it. That's our friend's thoughts, huh? Friends, Friends, Friends. Um... So, uh, let's get into this stupid, stupid film. Sure. Uh, the year is 1989, let's say. Maybe it's a little bit earlier. I don't really give a shit. This film doesn't. We see the Universal logo. Slowly, we zoom in. You know the Universal logo is a planet, which is kind of dumb because the universe isn't Earth. That's a really human-centric way to view things, but whatever. Screw it's, you guys. And especially on this podcast, oh, yeah, Aliens, yeah, yeah, yeah. we do not believe the universe it's is It's okay. Uh, we too think we should get rid of Universal. <laughs> um, we zoom in. We go, we see America, we zoom in further, we see a state, probably upstate New York. We zoom even further in, and what is it? It's the Burbs. A man 
Tom Hanks, night, he steps outside, it's dark, ooh, spooky, there's a spooky house next door. He's kind of talking to himself, it's a bit creepy, he probably shouldn't be talking to himself walking outside mm-hmm. in his dressing gown. Uh, he sees the house next door glow eerily, some ghostly music is playing in the background, and that is the start of the film. Uh, let's be honest here, there's not that much plot in this movie at all. No, not really, we could we play through it pretty quickly, but we'll try and head on no, some of the entertaining bits of which there are. I don't think this is a comedy, Jamie. Um, <laughs> that's I, the, that's I, a, I deeply don't oh, think so this is so a comedy. So we're diving straight into the... I mean, it is supposed to be. It's meant to be a comedy. That's, that's a comedy. the thing it's, that I find very strange about this film is... Like, normally we've watched a lot of comedy. We're basically in film analysis already. We have done the first shot of the film. I'm sure. already like, it's, okay, should we give our rating? Uh, well, let's, let's go back. Was this, did you find this first scene at all funny? Because no, I did not. As no, a way to start a comedy. It's supposed to be like a comedy horror, I think. But, but it's not scary it, in it's, any way. It's, oh it's, 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 it's like apparent. It's a, so what my thing with it is... We've watched many comedies which I haven't laughed at, but, but I've, I've looked at it and gone, okay, that's what was supposed to be a joke. Yes. That was supposed to be a joke that I don't find funny anymore because, or it wasn't because particularly it, funny. Because you've aged out of it or whatever. Out of it, but or you, can, it, you can see the setup, you can see the part, like, all the parts of a joke are there, and whether or not it works for you, you can appreciate sometimes yeah. the craft of it, right? A but, film like Volunteers, yeah. with many jokes that don't land, and many that do land... Even in the one that don't like, you're like, I can see in a time where we thought it was funny to laugh at Asian people why this joke has been made. Um, you shouldn't do that, but still. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen in this film. No. Unless you're supposed to just laugh at people being weird. Yeah. So that's the, the point of this, is that like they they basically keep on looking over like various different people like, talking Tom. about this creepy house, being like, yeah, look, I sh- I, like kids around the street are doing the classic thing of like, yeah. oh, I could, I, no, the de- sure. de- dead people buried in the garden. And yeah. like one time they do see, the first time we ever see someone coming out and the best I can describe him is he would slot perfectly in on fruit farms <laughs> from the office. That's true. It's a sort of like, Homeless Amish look is the it best is, way I can describe it. You know what it, it looks like? Um, you know the brother in Get Out? Yes. It'd be him if he were homeless. Uh, yes. Like, it, it's that guy. Basically <laughs> how, the same face. How many homeless. other homeless versions of other characters have nah, we come up with? A, a fun game. Um, so look, Tom Hanks plays uh, a... His name's not Rick, but let's call him Rick, why not? Cool. Uh, Tom Hanks plays Tom Hanks. Um, he's a dad. It's his he's, holiday. He's um, husband to Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. Uh, father to child, child. who never shows up. Um, and Tom <laughs> Hanks is on his one-week holiday. Carrie Fisher's going, let's go to the lake. Tom Hanks is like, I just want to stay here and do nothing. Because um, yeah. Katie's a bit depressed. I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit weird. <laughs> Can you stop diagnosing Tom Hanks' I'm character with mental illnesses? Okay, fair enough. All I'm saying is... <laughs> He just, he just talks about drinking 300 cans of beer a day, which is not healthy. And uh, he also doesn't want to leave the it's house. It's his holiday, Al. It's Let him do b- what he wants with it. That's fair enough, sort of. So anyway. What uh, I also find odd about this, as much as I say, like, this is a, this is sort of an age that we don't often see, because her most well-known films are when she's young and old. It's also weird to suddenly see, having watched Tom Hanks uh, through his career so far, he suddenly seems to have jumped up an age range here. Because up until now, he's really been playing like twenties, like late twenties. But ne- but suddenly, he's a family man. He's got a kid who's probably about seven. Sure. Like it's it's a it's a weird sudden jump to him he's, have gone up to being like that dad. I role. think here's the thing, right? So Tom Hanks is around about th- must be late thirties when he's filming this. Anyway. No, he's early. Th- he's the same age as Carrie Fisher. He's about thirty two. Okay, so he's thirty two in this. But even then, right? Like he's actually I think now playing his age. Was before he yeah, was yeah, no, no. He, he probably is playing his age, but they, they've suddenly decided. Oh no, you, yeah. you you're no longer this this mid twenties thing. Sure, it's it, the thing with uh, him and this is. I think Joe Zante said the reason why they wanted Tom Hanks was he has the kind of James Stewart thing, the Jimmy Stewart thing, and this is talked about a lot about Tom Hanks. He's the everyman, he's the everyman character at some yeah. point, and I sort of don't believe that's true. Like I, I really like Tom Hanks, but I don't, especially in these situations, I don't find him very much of an everyman. No, but let, let's let's sell out the rest of the burps, right? So, so we've got, got um, Tom the, Hanks' family. You got the old. You got the man with the poodle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the very old man who ends up precious in the bucket. Yes, who ends up disappearing yeah. is is like the, the, the inciting incident sure. he no longer is there there's guess, another yeah. old man which is Bruce Dern's Bruce character Dern, who's, who's kind of crazy has a gun it's um, like an ex-military vet yes. served in Korea or maybe that must be Korea right yeah probably um, um, and then there's his like conspiracy theory neighbour played by John Ducumman um, well the joke is he's fat and eats food a lot yes um, uh, he carries a very John Candy-esque 
energy in this film. I hate to be harsh. He, it's, a, it's a subpar John it's Candy. A, oh, absolutely. It's, it's a subpar John Candy. Though, but the, the energy is almost yeah, yeah, identical it, in the, the type of character sure. he's going for and the type of lines he delivers. It's as though uh, you ask your parents for an Xbox and your dad, uh, when he was in Hong Kong, I'm not sure why he's in Hong Kong, uh, picked up uh, like a Y box, which he thinks is the same thing. And you come back and you're like, oh, this is... This is not the same thing. It's um, like if uh, you're 13 years old, yeah. maybe a little bit younger, and you ask for an iPod for Christmas because everyone at school has an iPod, uh, and instead you get given an iPod shuffle and you cry because you are a spoilt little shit. I don't want to delve into that metaphor too much. So, uh, the iPod shuffle. Yeah, it might be a little bit specific. Yeah. <laughs> was it the clip on one or the stick one? Because I love the stick. It was, it was the clip on one. It was one. the clip on one. Oh, man, those are great. Anyway, no, they weren't. They were great. <laughs> If you want to go for a nice joke, they're fantastic. I was a fat 13-year-old, Al. I never wanted to go for a joke. Then maybe you should have gotten the message. Um, right, uh, so anyway... Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say a Zoom. I no, thought you were going to no, say a Zoom. No, it was still an iPod, just an iPod shuffle. Also, speaking of, Al... Um, because we're trying to fill as much time uh, yeah, yeah, on this podcast yeah, yeah. as possible. We did mention on our last episode that it was going to be my birthday. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time on my birthday. You did say uh, that my birthday present was, was going to be was, late. Was be here. Um, and you said, oh, yeah, no, it'll be great. You can just open it on the podcast. Well, well, it hasn't arrived yet. Um, as no, it hasn't. Shipping stuff from America is uh, expensive. Yeah. And takes time. Yeah. And, and, and it is Shit, now, it is now really um, exactly a week after my birthday. And I am still presentless. I know. It is coming and I'm still going to chase it up. Uh, <laughs> like uh, as of business day Monday and... Uh, uh, just start cracking some so, um, start cracking guys, some. get ready for next week's episode where I will be opening the uh, present on the podcast. Be, However, I will be, there will just be a tinge of anger on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no, 100%. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. I really hope it's as good as I hope it is. Because <laughs> uh, what I want is you to open it and actually genuinely like touch and then have to fight the conflict yeah, between yeah, the yeah, annoyance no. that you're doing this three weeks after your birthday. You know what's going to be really depressing? What? Is your next week's episode when you hear the wrapping paper open and then a beep because my reaction was so negative <laughs> that we were like oh we can't really put that in the podcast that's not that fun <laughs> we were supposed to come back so we discussed it we decided, we decided we best forever on the last look yeah, yeah, yeah. of um, I'm sure that won't happen I'm sure it, your present is going to be it doesn't right. even feel like 8.30 in the morning any now, <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast it's so low energy <laughs> And now we're kind of back to normal. Like, we're, well, so, we're so tired. There's yeah, no, absolutely. There, but it's, um, um, what's going to be funny is we're going to watch the, the waveforms of the audio like start out really low and then just ramp up like a roller coaster. But, uh, a roller coaster that only goes up and never comes sure. down. So let's... Let, yeah, like the worst yeah. roller coaster. In terms of the plot of the film, the guy goes, <laughs> yeah, that's the guy goes missing... And you know what? That's a, they then look for him in the front. They think he's murdered them. And guess what? Turns out hasn't murdered them, but the people in the house are murderers. That's kind of the wow. Entire you plot. skipped the entire plot. No, no, no. I, but can you? So honestly, and I'm going I'm to give this to you. I'll shut the fuck up. But if you can actually like vaguely detail me. <laughs> Go through what happens here, other than they break into that uh, the dead. No, the stop, stop stealing my plot points. Sure, sure. <laughs> Right, whatever, but it, and they break into some people's houses. <laughs> That's what happens between the beginning and the end. Go. Yep, so um, they start hatching various different plots to try and break into the house. Sure. Uh, at one point, again, this is not going to be a linear, I'm just going to remember scenes. At one point, they see them digging in the back garden. At another point, they see them come out in what is quite a, like a bit of a funny scene. Um, the um, Dwight Schrute farm looking uh, fellow that they saw earlier. Um, I'm sorry if anyone hasn't seen The Office, but it is a great reference, so please watch the... Ah, oh, that's why you didn't get the... Re it's a fantastic reference. Oh, sure. It's so, so good. Also... I'm sorry I didn't laugh. But what's, what's wrong with you? You are our age and you don't adore the, the, the Office. Have you Have you never been on Tinder, Alexander? Everyone loves The Office. That's all I've learned well, from let's, Tinder. Let's see about it. Tinder started six years ago, and I entered my relationship with Alyssa six years ago, so no. <laughs> um, oh, that sounds uh, you know, pretty... Pretty bang on timing there, Alexander. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, so that's fantastic. We're at Dwight Schutt Farm looking fellow. Uh, like, reverses out of the garage in the car mm. just to put a bin bag in the bin is, like, stomping it down, and they're like, oh, my God, there must be a dead body in there. And then they dri he drives back in. So they then go and try and uh, 
they they go and decide that well we can't raid this person's bins in the, sure. like this time at night that'd be weird Logic. so they go and do it the next morning but oh no the garbage men have come so they have to tear apart the garbage cans yeah. and there's, there's, there's nothing in there being a dick to the um, garbage men eventually that, so these things come continuing and then Carrie Fisher and uh, oh. I believe it's it's one of the other Damn. men's wives oh. I don't remember yeah, who yeah, it no, is it's, it's Bruce Stern's wife Bruce Stern's wife um, go guys you're being a bit crazy here <laughs> Could you maybe stop? It's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, so then they decide to go and meet them in the house. They knock on the house and uh, Dwight Street Farm looking fellow uh, opens the door and they're like, hey, how's it going? And then they get introduced to Dwight Street Farm looking fellow's uncle, uh, who is another creepy old man who mm-hmm. for some reason is standing behind a door until it is opened. And then it was open. He walks through. And then the other, the, the, the head of the household, Dwight Street Farm looking fellows. I should come up with a, what Dwight, Sh- Dwight Street Farm looking fellow. D. S-F-L-F. D-S-F-L-F. So, D-S-F-L-F's dad. Um, let's see if I remember that. D-S-F-L-F. Um, D-S-F-L-F's fam. <laughs> it's just... Keep on trying just, to pass <laughs> through. Pass through. <laughs> so it's going to... I know it's going to notice the issue. It's eventually just going to become a word. D-S-F-L-F. Dad comes out from, like, downstairs and, like, shakes Tom Hanks' hand. He's basically Yeah, he's basically Werner He's got, like, blood on his hand. And at this point, they're like... No, holy shit! No, this you—you you guys saw. They're fucking weird. They're weird. We, this is true. It's and so they hatch a final plan to be like, okay, these guys have gone away. Look, we're gonna we're gonna break in. We're gonna finally sure. get in there. Uh, they get in under the house. They find an in an incinerator. Is that what you? Yes, a furnace. A furnace. Yeah. I believe it's what they call it. A furnace. And then they start digging underground. Um, they they're like, oh, it must it, it must be here. They start digging in the basement. Um, and then like, must be here. they keep on digging keep on digging keep on digging and then they finally hit metal and they're like shit yeah no okay we finally found it we found it oh my god we found it this is Tom Hanks and John Ducumman uh, the um, conspiracy theory looking fellow the um, ex-military man is uh, watching over he's got a big scope uh, on his gun he's watching over and that's when he notices old man comes back oh shit he wasn't missing he was just oh, like the, it was just like at the hospital for a week or something or maybe like went on holiday who knows uh, but he wasn't missing so he's trying to radio to him like guys guys no no it's it, like the people are coming the people have come back seen that they've broken into the house so they've gone and got police the police have turned up and they tried to stop him and then suddenly John Ducumman comes running out because I know it's so boring isn't it um, what? but no, I'm trying no, to make no, I'm no. trying to make it entertaining um, no, it's not, I'm, I'm not, failing it's, it's, no, no, it's not it's you. the film it's um, the film yeah and suddenly Tom Hanks rams one more into the metal. Turns out it was a gas pipe. It was a gas pipe. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't buried treasure or buried bones. It was a gas pipe, Alexander. And they're like, quick, run, I'm hit the pipe? gas. Near a furnace. <laughs> Big explode explode. John DeCummer's character made poof, out. Poof. But Rick, the Tom Hanks character we've made up the name for. Rick, yeah, I think it's called Rick. He, yeah, Rick. I think he, he's called Rick. He, he didn't make it out. Oh, no. He's dead. He'd be dead. But wait! Three seconds of tension has disappeared. He's just walking out the front door, a little bit on fire. Um, you know, to, to, to close, well, like yeah. my men. Close to, torn up. And John Ducummer's character is still being like, no, look, it's still, look, you must have seen it. You saw the, you, you must have found some, and Tom Hanks' character is like, no, fuck off. Look what you've done to me. I've exploded a house, which everyone seems pretty chill about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one really questions him. There's um, no fire brigades, um, let's be honest. Can you, uh, vamp, I'm about to sneeze. Sure. Uh, vamp. Uh, I like to vamp. You know, the thing about vamping is, just come forward, vamp. Hey, fever. Right. So, no one seems to particularly care that sure. um, Tom Hanks has blown up house. Vampires. I'm, um, yeah, yeah, vampires. Um, so, uh, they're all like, oh, let's get this criminal to a hospital instead. So, they stick him in an ambulance. And then, uh, DSLF, DSFLF, DSFLF, it's dad. <laughs> it sounds quite Scottish when you say yeah. DSFLF. Oh, DSFLF, oh. Um, that's the best Scottish accent I've ever done. Yeah. Um, like, that's the best Scottish accent I've ever done. Yep, um, DSFLF's dad gets into the back of the ambulance and goes, you figured me out, haven't you, you little fucking shit? I don't think he swears it's a PG film, probably. But he, he uh, you little cock-sucking wanker you figured me out and he was like what no he was like, you saw my furnace you, you must have my seen my skulls as he calls them his skulls very strangely um and he's going he's like i'm gonna have to fucking kill you now and so starts a uh yeah. like chase sequence sort of where dsflf is in the uh front of the car uh, and he's trying to get away oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. tom hankson and uh yes, dsflf dad um are like wrestling on on the gurney the, they end up crashing into tom hanks's house 
they fall out of the back. Eventually, finally, they fall off the gurney. After the gurney has very clearly gone down a driveway and then turned into the street. It yeah. makes no sense. It makes a turn, apropos of nothing. Um, he knocks him off the gurney and then he makes a citizen's arrest. And he keeps saying it over and over again. He just goes, citizen's arrest, citizen's arrest, citizen's arrest. Um, and then uh, the police are like, dude, what? <laughs> like, you oh, have no shit. evidence. And then I believe it is Corey Feldman that basically just banged, like, Fonzie's their trunk trunk and opens up and it's just filled with bones yeah. just full of bones um, and so that is the plot of this film I want to I, can I so say that I, was so much more of an entertaining uh, description of the film than the film is <laughs> yeah and you were you challenged me you said oh go on you, you I know, said four very, words no, 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 you no, see no, if no, you no, can come no, up no, with more no, you, but he, but he, here's my thing though that's like again very interesting like continuing description it's a one hour, 43 minute film. Yeah, yeah, no, right? absolutely. I skipped but over a lot. In terms of like, no, that's the thing. Those things are give or take the only things that really happen in yeah. the movie. They just happen really slowly, slowly. each time. Yeah. And they're all, no character really changes in this film. No character really grows. I get that maybe he's not the point of all movies, I, I believe, but it's not entertaining. Uh, I believe Tom Hanks does agree to go on holiday. Okay, that, sure. That's you're, the you're literal right. end of the you're film. Right. That By is the, the resolution of his character. It's like, ah, uh, you know what I needed? A holiday. To, to have a fight with a murderer to decide I can go on holiday. Here's my... Uh, look, there's, there are so many reasons why this film I, I, I am just existentially angry with. <laughs> that I am just like, wow, this film is just a waste of my time. People, look, I get it. People worked hard. Whatever. Again, that is acknowledged. Sure, whatever. But also, you marketed this film to people to go watch it, right? I paid to see it fucking 20 years later. Almost 30 years later. 20, 30, 80s? 30 years later, almost exactly, right? I did not pay to see it. Yeah, well, you're a criminal. <laughs> um, would you steal a donkey, Jamie? Would you steal a donkey? Look, if, it, if you're stealing a movie. The opportunity has never arisen, Al, but oh, it'd be difficult not to. <laughs> Jamie, every car Jamie sees, he tries to tip me over and just see if he can take it his collection. But um, look, it's a product you are selling to people. At the end of the day, I get it's a piece of art, all that kind of crap. But it's also something you are selling to people by saying, hey, you're going to enjoy this. And it was so not worth anyone's money. It's... Uh, that anyone paid to see this film is really annoying. That I made $40 million is annoying. It's just so boring it is not a comedy that i don't think i laughed i don't think i smiled once no that, i might have smiled but i can't remember when the closest thing to which i enjoyed in this film was the um there's a moment at the, the you did it very well there's a speech at the end where the john the carcass, Decumman, i think Decumman, his name yeah, yeah um goes to tom hanks after the house exploded and said did you find it did you find the body and tom hanks goes into a speech where he's like, this is what the suburbs do to us. It makes us look in people's windows. It makes us obsessed. It's like the poker nose where we shouldn't have poker noses. And like, he goes on this rant against the suburbs. And that I liked. That is a good, that is a good rant. And feels more to the point of this film than the rest of the film is. Where the whole point of this film, I assume, should be the suburbs make everyone weirdly invasive and intrusive. And in the light of things like the Manson murders and things like the Ted Bundy and all that kind of crap, everyone suddenly now has this weird suspicion that what if your next door neighbour is a serial killer? But then that is all undercut by the fact that they are actually right. serial killers. Yeah. Had <laughs> this film ended, there are a couple ways for this film should have ended where like Tom Hanks should have realised it should have, been, maybe they even blew up his house, right? And they were, he realized at the end, oh shit, I need to get my nose out of other people's business. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Like I need to, I need to focus on my own life rather than other people's lives. And then they're driven off into the sunset to go on this holiday to the lake house they keep on talking about. And as then, he, as he gets away with a sure, crime, as he gets away with a crime, and then we find out that the actual family they were serial killers. That would be a better ending where like they get away with it, yeah. right? Like you're not actually gonna, you're not actually going to discover that your next door neighbor is a serial killer, right? That's not something people just tend to stumble upon. And it kind of fallen upon that. That would have been a funner ending than actually. Oh no, everything's all right and yeah. they save the day and. Or just they're not murderers. Or sure. it's just like the message is stop being pricks about people who are slightly weird and look like they can work on Dwight Schrute's farm. But again, at the beginning of this, you describe this as sort 
sort of like a comedy horror, but there is no tension in the movie. No, 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 the guy no who's missing, we hate. He starts the film by having his do- precious, the dog, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, he, shit, he shits shit on, other on Bruce Stern's lawn. Yeah. He's trained him to do that. You're like, okay, fine. So if he dies, honestly, the film has made me not care at all. There's not been like any mention of there's been people going missing recently, which would at least build some tension that okay, we're looking for. There might be a serial killer about, yeah. and maybe it's this people. No, for all we know, for up until the last 30 seconds, not 30 seconds, five minutes of the movie, they, they just seem like weird, normal people. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, they don't actually, the film doesn't go far enough in making us think they are serial killers, beside the fact they live in a derelict house, and hey, maybe they're just poor. Yeah. And like, <laughs> they just live on the worst house on our night street. And, and, they, do, and they don't them. shave. They don't shave. What is it? Oh, they're slightly weird and their granddad's German. I'm sorry. That's not enough to think someone's a serial killer. So there's nothing in here where I think at the beginning of the movie, Oh, sure, they're going to be murderers. Um, and at the end of the movie, there's something that mainly makes me want to have the kind of yeah. victorious Tom Hanks ending, because he's terrible. In yes. This. The, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, I. It's also quite predictable. Like, I knew they were going to turn out to be murderers. Sure. Even when I Like, you could have easily predicted, like, oh, it's going to suddenly turn out that they're not murderers, and then they're going to be murderers. Like, you, you could see those beats coming, and, like, that's yeah. just fucking boring, especially in what's supposed to be, like, a tense film of a thriller or a horror or a comedy or whatever the fuck this film's trying to be, of which it is none. So, do we need to do any final thoughts before scores? But, 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 look, here's my thing. A uh, bit of showing context. So, Tom Hanks... <laughs> a bit late. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a, delib- it's, it's, there's a section well, for this, maybe Alexander. We should, maybe we should integrate it. Anyway, um... Tom Hanks talks about this, how he was attracted to Joe Dante as a filmmaker because he was the most visual filmmaker he's worked with so far, right? And that's true. More so than most of the Tom Hanks films we've seen up until this point are really boringly shot. That's a bit harsh, but like... They are. They're very traditionally shot. They're kind of whatever. Joe Dante in this, as a director, you know, there were some more interesting... There were like some weirder things. But there's even a, stylistically... There's a terrible, terrible shot where like... They, yes, yeah, yeah. They, they, I can't remember what they discover, but they discover something scary. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a solid six-second shot of both of them going, Ah! The While well, the camera just goes, zoom, zoom in, in, zoom out, out zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. I'm like, Jesus And fuck. the entire thing is sort of shot as though it was an episode of... Um, like the uh, if an episode of Black Mirror was set in the 1950s and wanted to make everything look like this kind of plasticky, uh, unreal suburb, sure, I, I get that, right? Like, I, I get why you might be attracted to this, whatever. I just think as a satire of the suburbs, I think it does it poorly. Like, I, I you know, it, it doesn't actually make me think about the creepy houses on my street. Like, the, the, as a pitch... The pitch is a good pitch. I'm not sure how this film got made, but the end product, I'm like, I don't. It's just not a. Uh, let's go to. Let's go to. Scores. So we have three uh, scores, which is the film out of five, Tom Hanks's performance out of five, and then the Tom Hanks dick meter out of five, uh, and then we decide whether it goes in our Hanks bank. So this film out of five, Alexander Gillespie. Did we decide we could give a film zero? Oh, yeah, you can absolutely give a film I'll zero. Give a film zero. I don't know. <laughs> I actively like uh, wait, don't spend your three pound forty five on iTunes to don't. don't. I made I did I made the mistake. I took upon all our sins onto me so I could die and be resurrected afterwards. Okay, don't don't watch this film. I'm gonna give it a one because I didn't pay for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> steal this movie and you'll be yeah, slightly steal this more movie and it will be a one out of five for you. Sure. Uh, Tom Hanks' performance out of five. We didn't really touch on this. I don't like his performance in this film at all. Really? I honestly like the entire movie. His look, maybe it's the character, right? It, it is I, difficult yeah. to separate character and performance. Yeah. But the character is such a nothing. He is such a like a, a wet blanket of. And I get it. I I understand. Remember images in my head of like my dad coming home tired and just wanting to do nothing, right? And I like I've done that. I think we've all done that. We come back from work and it's one of those feelings of like I just want to sit on the couch and do shit all. That's fine. That it, the issue is. I, I don't get why he gets obsessed into this thing. Yeah. Like, you know, come a, a couple things are like, oh, that's weird, but there's never a big, like, one big moment where he's like, I'm pretty sure. He never... I, I, I feel it's a bad performance by Tom Hanks. I give it, like, a one or two. Like, a, a one, I'd say. Um, I, I mean, I don't disagree. But also, yeah, I feel like he's doing what was intended for sure. the character. That's fair. The character just kind of sucks, sucks, and the film kind of sucks. I also think it's a misuse of Tom Hanks. Like, we've seen what he's good at. He's very good at silly, over-the-top, energetic comedy, which they don't really which, fully throw themselves into sure. in this. And this movie could do with. Absolutely could do with it. Um, 
and we've seen he can uh, have a, you know a decent turn at dramatics, but they also don't let him flex those mm. muscles either. So I feel like it's more of a misuse of Tom Hanks rather than a poor performance of Tom Hanks. Also, for my own records, did you give him a one or a two? You just went one. give him a one and two. Give him one. One. Um, I'll give him a two point five. I don't. I don't think he's that bad. I, I think he's doing what is required of him. I think it's the direction that's more bad than I, than the performance. I think that's fair. I think in terms of the ha- what we're doing. I, hey, I, you know, hey, remember, I wait, wait, wait. you remember how I talked about the waveform? How it was yeah, going up like a roller coaster? Oh, we've gone way back. Like like you can actually see it. Looking at this right now, you can see that we've gone way yeah, back. Yeah, no, so we, we, we um, have ended up like a roller coaster. Oh, yeah, we've gone yeah. up and then down. Life is the roller coaster. Just gotta hide it. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's... If I were to show, if I were to talk to someone about Tom Hanks, and I, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about if I said to you right now, Tom Hanks, what's the first thing you think of? Goofy, silly man who's also pretty good. Yeah, right. Like it's all these things about Tom Hanks. I think we all love about Tom Hanks. You get in a couple films in this period. So a film like Big has it. I, I feel like a film like Smash has it, and even some of the worst films like Volunteers or whatever. Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party have some of that. That, that kind of fun energy and bits of the gravitas um, that, that we associate with Tom Hanks. I I am hope I really hope this comes more into force in the nineties because I know Tom Hanks is a, I, like well he loses the comedy in the nineties, which maybe maybe uh, well yeah well I mean uh, Forrest comes tight. Forrest comes technically a, a comedy. Um, oh, I'm not looking forward to how all that holds up. I'm interested to see it. Like, um, I think a League of Their Own is like a comedy drama. Yeah, there's um, Toy Stories. Toy Stories. Well, I mean, yeah, they're a bit similar to comedy drama, right? Like, um, my favorite. Genre there's, there's, a, there's a range of things which I have felt about Tom Hanks, and I really love about Tom Hanks. And for a long time, I kept my optimism. When you were sitting there in disbelief about the next film about Tom Hanks, blah blah blah, I was always like, "Well, there's always the next one. There's always the next one. There's always the next one." And the burbs, honestly, like if I if, if I was in the nineteen eighties and I was a Tom Hanks fan, and I don't know why, but you watched um, *Bosom Buddies* and you really liked him, and you went to see every one of his films, I I, 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 I would see the burbs and I'd be like, hey, he just feels like any other actor. There's nothing, there's nothing in there which there's none of the Tom Hanks charm. Yeah, it's like you but, dra- it's but, like you, like you had Crit tonight and you just shoved it down his throat. We're only two films removed he's, from Big Al. He's Superman. You need he's more. Superman. You need Let more him fly. loyalty. You Let him fly. Loyalty. You can't. Let I'm loyal. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm loyal. I'm loyal, babe. I'm loyal. I'm I'm really loyal. Okay, I'm loyal. Love Island reference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a poem. Um, oh, for for sake. I wasn't allowed to be last week. Somebody was talking about comedy a lot. Um, um, no, somebody had a demanding girlfriend. We were going. We were, we were, it was oh, our longest we were, episode. Yeah. Jamie wants to go for a full three hours. Yes, yes, absolutely. The this man, is, once again, is, we once have, again, I'm sure he had, does not have another film about stand-up comedy. Sure. It's the one thing I want to talk about. Why was I not able to go for another hour and a half? Here's my thing. Historically, Jamie is the person who, and this is has this happened. We finish a podcast, and he goes. Like, how long was that? And I yeah. say an hour five, and he, he just looks really upset. And you're like, "Wait, upset, Jamie?" He's like, "It should be under an hour." And the fact that you probably would have gone three hours had Alyssa not been like, "I want to watch Love Island." It's ridiculous. Yeah. I do. I do believe about ten minutes from the end, I said. <laughs> You can see how long it is left in this podcast. I'm still going for a while. And if then I was to, pressured very if, heavily if into stopping that. If you want to do a, a mini-sode where we do a punchline part two, <laughs> we can do that. We can do like a good, we'll finish off that conversation and uh, be fine. But um, look, yeah, the, the, I, I couldn't recommend this film to anyone if I was trying to explain Tom Hanks I, like, uh, as, his, as a performer, right? The film itself isn't good. I don't think he's a good in it. No. Um, dick meter? Um, well, it's, it's troublesome because he is a dick. But the film lets him get away with it by proving him right. But does that make him less of a dick? I don't know. I'm looking more for contribution here because I sure, do no, not. No, I, I genuinely I, I, do not know. Here's my thing. I give him a five. I like once again. I'm. I have. I look. Maybe apparently watching this at ten to twelve after a week where I've gotten very little sleep is the single worst way to watch this. And I appreciate that maybe because that I'm being way harsh on this film than I need to be. Tom Hanks, to listen to this, uh, please still come on our show. We'll be nice about the burbs. We swear. <laughs> um, look again. I'm sure there are films you've made which you are more disappointed in than we, we are sat, in this one. Really, we sat him down for an in-depth interview, and all we did was I tear apart the. Account for your crimes, sir. <laughs> we are taking you front of the alien court of human rights, okay? But um, you know, I, I think it's I think he's a dick in this. Like he treats his family poorly. He treats 
his neighbors probably sure they're serial killers, but he doesn't know that until the very end when he blows up their house. Um, he's only proven right by circumstance, not by any action of himself. He doesn't really grow other than recognizing he needs a holiday. That's like, and I get that. It's, I get this is satire, and you could make the case that the film is condemning people like him. He's kind of like. I don't think you can make that I hate, case. Well, so, the, uh, so I think people have, but like the case that is this sort of some beta male suburbanites kind of thing. <laughs> these, these, these men who are like emasculated by the realities of. You saying he's a he's a don't, beta don't, libtard cuck? I love it when you say this word, Jamie. But say them to me more. Um, what? No, don't don't say them more, please. Cuck. Oh, <laughs> I hate that so much. Reclaiming cuck. <laughs> My new spoken word poem. <laughs> um, Look forward to reclaiming sure. cuck, my spoken but word like, poem that's coming next week. All of these guys are these men who are, again, emasculated by their situation in the terms of, like, the suburbs is the most unnatural thing possible, right? A, ci- a city makes even more, more sense in terms of people. It's just because everyone congregates together. And sure, you live in, like, tight spaces because you want to work and you're close to your work and all this kind of stuff. The suburbs are these artificial pockets of, like, white you know, um, not mediocrity, but like white middle class living. And it is very, especially in America, it is very specifically white, white middle class. It's people having fled the city as soon as, um, well, not as soon as, but like in part because of migration of black people from the South up to the North after the Civil War. Um, and all of this is, and I get that. I, I, I can appreciate that maybe it's saying like, these are these people who are so emasculated they need to invent these fantasies almost to feel like real men and they're acting like they're acting like they're macho men trying to stop a serial killer all the time through again but it just doesn't feel that way i don't think the film is making that point because it lets them off by making the people actual serial killers sure um i i'll knock him down for for the fact that he was correct i'll knock him down one and make it a four you know it's not quite ends justify the means but you know they at least help the means yeah yeah, yeah, it's for the greater good you you absolutely in completely objective terms you cannot say that it wouldn't have been... He would have been more of a dick if they weren't serial killers. So therefore, by definition, he is less of a dick because they were serial killers. I think that logic tracks. Here's my thing, okay? You can do good things and be a bad person. Absolutely, no, I fully agree with that. But if the ultimate end of your bad deeds or or the things you did bad is a good thing, then it at least makes you less of a dick than if the end of your bad deeds is still a bad thing. By pure logic. No, 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 because uh, th- there are some, like, very deep, depressing situations where I would, like, say, like, hey, that things like the pill were um, developed by experimenting on Puerto Rican women in really horrific ways. Like, it's not, like, there are lots of things where... The ends don't like. No, no, no. Again, but the, if, the means are so no, terrible that we can't. No, I agree with that. I'm but, blowing up someone's if, house if, and digging for a corpse in their but, basement. But if the reason, not to get too blamed in this this thing you brought up, but if the reason they were um, abusing and testing on Puerto Rican women sure. was to develop a like murder so. gun, <laughs> that'd be, I agree. That'd be worse. Then, then that would be worse. I, so inherently, it is less. Look, uh, Look, I'm just making a logic experiment here. Here's here's what I'm saying, right? So you're going for four, I'm going for five. Uh, Dear listeners, please write in with some friends' thoughts as to whether you think uh, the ends justify the means. I'm not saying they justify the means. I am saying that they at least lessen the means. (laughs) They lessen the badness of the means, or lessen the badness of the person, because inherently, if the end result is good, then it's better than the end result being bad. You're saying it's dropping the atomic bomb and ending the Second World War was at least makes the the fact that ending the Second World War makes the fact they dropped the atomic bomb on two cities better. I mean, if it didn't... <laughs> <laughs> You're right, in that it would be worse if they just kept on going with the war for another ten years. Exactly! I, I, guess, I guess you're right. Thank you! In that is sense. all I want! This is that is all I ever want, this is Alexander! Not a of the... Okay, there we go. Tell me right, I'm so right! So, Jamie, uh, what's good about the world? What's going to save humanity this week? So, for any new listeners, when uh, we don't put something on our hands, we obviously have to present something to the aliens to, to like, ease them off for a little bit. You know, it's it's okay, guys. It's coming. You know, the nine... You know, I was, I was going to say... Um, you know, Forrest Gump, but maybe not that one. But you know, like Toy Story's coming and, and, and Castaway, it's coming. Toy Story two, and then Toy Story three, yeah, and then Hamilton, Toy Story four. I'm actually saving yeah. Toy Story four, I think, for the. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to save it yeah. for the first time watching then as well. Um, it's coming, guys. But you know, in the meantime, have you ever thought about the kindness of drunken strangers? Oh. Because there is, of course, anger in drunken strangers often, and especially working in a service job around very drunk people, there can be a lot of them. 
But when a girl comes up in a, in a nice blue floral dress and you say, hey, nice dress, and she gets you a pint. Oh, yeah. And admittedly then comes back way drunker and like starts saying some very inappropriate things and then makes you follow her on Instagram. Maybe that's like, but that's like, you know, that's gone past the, the, mm. the, the kindness level of drunk. I'm talking about that specific stage where someone's willing to spend £12 on you. These beers were £6 each and they were Carlsberg. You now know your worth. And I know my yeah. worth. And look, it's that this pretty maker. face. It's this pretty face. I was also not working on, I worked on the till for, oh, about three minutes. Sure. And in those three minutes, I was the only person to get a tip through the entire day Ooh. it's this face baby oh, i got a pretty face so I take it back I take it back the kindness of the drunken kindness of strangers that's not saving humanity this week my fucking faces <laughs> can I ask when um, she was making you follow on Instagram yeah did you make her subscribe to our podcast <laughs> no I didn't because I'm disappointed in you I for, didn't you had an opportunity to go in like oh yeah one sec into Apple Podcasts I download. <laughs> I haven't told you this. So, um, uh, your girlfriend works for a, um, like outreach charity that uh, goes into uh, disadvantaged neighbourhoods in schools uh, to help them give careers sure, advice. Sure. And I was uh, at one of her events, networking events recently, um, <laughs> to give advice to kids about like careers as an actor. Sure. Why I was given that again. As unqualified as we are in this podcast, have you ever tried being in a room full of professional people talking about their jobs and you are a failing actor being like, hey, here's how to be an actor, kids. But anyway, um, uh, in, in that uh, talk, I, we were talking about, you know, other ways you can be creative. And so I did mention the podcast and they did force me to tell them the name of it. So there may be oh, yeah. around about a 14 year old girl listening to this podcast at this point. And you know what? If you are listening, Stop. Please. Please. <laughs> Please. This is definitely throw dangerous. away your phone. Yeah. Burn it. <laughs> you are more worth than this worth more than this podcast. Yes. Also, now that I'm no longer in a professional setting trying to give you advice, don't be an actor. Don't do it. Burn your phone. Don't be an actor. Go get a trade job. Right. <laughs> That's good advice for anyone. So yeah, uh, my, my pretty face sure. is saving humanity okay. this week. So I have uh two the fairly linked. One is and this is gonna be Sound very basic, but I'll give you an explanation why. White bread and butter. Cool. Um, there, I have that a. That was my nickname in school. <laughs> Is that this? Um, I have an index for food, which is if I go to a restaurant and I'm spending money on it, um, how much happier does that food make me than white bread and butter? Because. Honestly, there is a, a very simple joy, like a wonderful, like deep, something deeply embedded in me. And I think in a lot of people, we have like, and I think it's why we have fish and chips. I think it's why they serve a roll, a, a crusty roll and a bit of butter with you when, before you start your meal. And there's something wonderful just in the, in the flavor, in the simplicity of it, the saltiness of the butter. All of this brings you a, like a, a really decent level of joy. And if I'm spending 30 quid on a meal and it doesn't bring me... You know, if it doesn't make me at least as happy as having a piece of bread and butter is, that's quite sad. And it's, I think often we like to overcomplicate things. I think we like to build levels of expense and experience onto things where actually at the end of the day, simplicity and the the, the wonderfulness of uh, simple things um, will save humanity. I think the fact that, you know, you can go to a fucking Michelin style restaurant and yet have something a little bit worse than nice bit of bread and butter um, because because at the end of the day something which a lot of people have access to is in many times is often better than uh, some of the most expensive stuff you can uh, the other thing is strawberry jam uh, which is a great thing to put on top of bread and butter uh, it makes me think of my nan uh, who when any time I would go to her house we would have wham bam strawberry jam um, and I would say that for years anytime I wanted strawberry jam you know what the sugariness, the pure fucking beautiful colour, the, the 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 summer aspect of it, everything about strawberry jam, a nice bit of white bread and butter is incredible. So yeah, that'll save humanity. I remember why now you normally go first in uh, the saving humanity bit and I go second. Because you bring this to an admit. This is the last thing we do. Hey, yeah. well, I have, like, I don't want... This is the thing. Sure. This is the moment where we have to springboard and convince people to come back. Yeah. And you're like... Let me talk to you about the bread. Let's, let's talk about fucking bread. Bread let's and butter, go. man. Fucking, yeah, let's talk, you know let's talk about if very seriously chip, about I, bread. If I'm having a chip supper, like at the right place, and it doesn't come with bread and butter as part of the thing, 
God, who knows why I'm there. Like, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> Do I want mushy peas? Like, shite, I want mushy peas. I want bread, white sliced bread. I want, like, King's Meal sliced into triangles, pre-buttered, so I can sit there and go, this is even better than the fish and chips. Al, I, I say this with the deepest sincerity. Get out more. <laughs> You fucking loser. <laughs> and on that note, please follow us at Hanks Bank Pod. Yeah. Uh, please follow Al at Al underscore C's underscore stuff. Follow me at, at Jamie P. Loxton. If a drunk oh. girl is hitting on you, please take her phone and subscribe and just download all the podcasts because she will thank you on the way back home, right? If you're helping out a drunk mate, take their phone, download all the episodes. There's like a whole 17 of them now. Do 18 with this one, I guess. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Download all of them. Download all of them repeatedly. Undownload it after you listen to it and then re-download it because you deserve it, okay? You deserve to listen to an extra fun bit of Hagspang and to have it pop up in your thing as not listened to. You don't know why? Because treat yourself. Treat yourself. I Download think, on everyone's I think devices. we may have figured out why I'm lonely. Buy your baby. What? And what? what? Buy what a your baby a phone. Buy your baby a phone and download it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was so clearly about I was I not did, done I, I wasn't done with I, I think we figured out why I'm lonely that was not the full stop of that, thought thought. that was the full stop. and you were like babies so <laughs> I, I think we think yeah. no I wasn't just gonna stay <laughs> I think I figured out why I'm lonely okay from that's one more F in the bank no I think I figured out why I'm lonely because it did not cross my mind whatsoever that that girl was hitting on me <laughs> No? Literally not till the time. No! <laughs> I thought she was being drunk Sorry, and nice. You had said I like your dress. Yeah, because I work in the service industry. I was being nice. Sure, she bought you two pints at a festival while you were working and then came back and made you follow her on Instagram. Look, I recognise the error of my ways, Alexander. <laughs> ah! That's so much better than just, I think we know why I'm lonely. <laughs> yes, I know. That's why I was going to carry on to say it. <laughs> buy your grandma a phone, download all our episodes on your grandma's phone, okay? Buy one of those cheap Nokias and just download the podcast directly to it. So from me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, that's one more ep in the bank. The burb sucks. Hands back.